Hello and welcome to Business Tour with Chris Hazel. Today I'm joined by Karen Morey from uh, Vintage Toys and Bricks in Stratford-upon-Avon. Uh, Karen turned her passion for collecting toys into a business, first starting out online before opening up her first shop four years ago. So welcome, Karen. Hello, Chris. Thanks for having me. Um, so yeah, first of all, if you could just tell us a little bit about your background um, and uh yeah, what you used to do before you started up the sort of side business of toys and what inspired that for you? Um, well, I'm a wife. I'm a mum to three grown-up children now and an aunt to ten. So I've got ten grandchildren. Um, I was a PA for a number of years for directors, so worked at quite a high level um, and then went into HR and um, within a space and I was in HR for about 10 years. Um, studied for my post-grad people management. Um, so I was going to university at night, juggling full-time work, studying at night, three children, two dogs, a husband. Um, and that was that was pretty full on. <laughs> um, and when I finished that, I thought I need something for me. And um, so I started by dressing up clothes, like kids dressing up. Um, and we changed our shed at the bottom of the garden into um, a closet, if you like. So there was all these dressing up items all hanging up in there. And then I started selling them online. Um, so that was like, it, it was a massive stock room and it was just filled full of dressing up stuff. Um, and then the one day I went to Stratford Car Boot and I found a Polly Pocket. Now our kids had grown up with Polly Pockets and I'd sold them all. Um, but this one, it was the Cinderella Castle. And I don't know why I bought it, but I just did. And I got it home and opened it up and it got all the little Polly Pocket dolls in the back. Um, and that was it. I was just hooked. It wasn't just dressing up then, it was toys. So this started this massive Excel spreadsheet of all these Polly Pockets that I was buying. The condition, I was like listing the condition in them. I was listing what dolls were missing, went on to different sites, found, did some research, found what sites I could find all the dolls on. And it just sort of snowballed then from there. I've got absolutely hundreds of Polly Pockets. Um, and then it sort of went into to Sylvanian families. I don't know if you if you know what they are. Um, no of them, yeah. <laughs> and then I was just like selling them online. Um, I had quite a big following from overseas, like from America for those. Um, and I was still selling the dressing up from here. And I'd sort of got an idea to start a dressing up shop. I'd got that much stuff. Um, but the toys were just starting to take over. So our son at the time is obviously left home and got his own children and he was heavily into Lego. Um, so he was like running um, big events for charities. So people would like take along their mocks, their own builds. Um, people pay to go in and see them. Um, and we were supplying him with Lego, really, to to make his mocks. So we were buying him Lego, selling it to him. And then that just sort of snowballed as well. So we weren't just selling it to him. We were, like, keeping hold of it. <laughs> so, so we were stockpiling all this Lego, as well as all these toys and all this dressing up. And I thought, well, something needs to go. So I got rid of all the dressing up. So I sold that as a bulk lot to somebody who had the same sort of vision as I did. And that just left the toys and the Lego. 
so we were doing Lego shows. We were going and selling Lego, um, mainly new sets, um, because like with the used sets, you have to make sure they're all complete and everything else. And that takes up so much time. So we were buying this Lego and and we were taking it to shows and and doing that. And then um, 2019, um, I was made redundant, um, and I thought, well. I really want to 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 do something different. I didn't want to go back into HR. It was quite a pressurised job. Um, and I wanted to do something for me, but I didn't know what. And then the one day, my husband and I, we went out for a walk in Stratford. Um, and I don't know if you know, down Ely Street, there's a little antique, quite a big antique shop. And right yep. at the side of it um, was this really small unit um, and I don't know, it just shouted out to me. So I just said, you know, about making this into a job. So my husband was behind me. So um, the August bank holiday in 2019, it was boiling hot and we were in there painting all the walls and everything. I had this vision of orange and grey. Um, so we were in there painting orange walls. Um, and it was it was tiny. It was a really small unit. And I look back now at the photographs of when we started and then we had hardly anything in there. And I can't believe what we opened with, you know. Um, but we decided, you know, this was this was going to be it. And it was, it was a vision. So so that's what we did. So um, 1st of September, we opened and Vintage Toys and Bricks was born, if you like. Um, and then um, so we had in all the toys that were down in the shed and um, we put those in. And the Lego, we put that in. Um, and then we, we started buying used Lego. And my husband would sit and go through it all and sort it all out to make sure that it was complete. Um, and then it just it sort of snowballed. So the toys that I would buy were things that I would like. So things that I either had as a child um, and lost and got rid of, or things that I wish I'd had as a child. So the era that we do is not so much the 60s, but 70s, 80s, 90s, up to 2000. Um, and more recently, we've started doing collectibles. So after 2000, if we think it's going to be a collection, collectible of the future, then we put we, we stop that as well. Um, but it was really what I what I thought would sell. So um, I was buying, started buying in stock more than I was bringing it up from from the shed at the bottom of the garden um and then we were doing um facebook i set up a facebook um shop alongside um started doing a little bit of etsy and ebay but didn't really like that um and then along came covid so we opened in september march covid came along and i was so lucky that um the managers the owners of the antique center didn't charge us any rent for the whole period otherwise i don't think i'd still be going now um so i was at home unable to sell things that i'd got in the shed <laughs> mm -hmm. so I'd go down bring something up and at that point i was selling it facebook um trying not to do it etsy and ebay but but i was to cover you know trying to get something in um and then i discovered Anti, oh, the auctions like Vectis and that sort of thing and that became 
you can get hooked on that so, <laughs> so easily. You're there and it doesn't feel like money, you know, like you're buying all this stuff. Um, but you can get some really good vintage toys. But then, of course, you've got to add on all the costs and everything, which as a newbie on something like that, I didn't really plan for. But So I don't do those anymore. Yeah. Um, and then we went back, obviously, 2021. Um, and there was an empty unit behind me um, in the courtyard. So I expanded, expanded into that. So that doubled up the size of my shop, um, which meant more Lego, really, Um so the toys were down the one half of the shop and the Lego was up in the other half. Um, had to get in more units and all that sort of thing. Um, but it was it was really good and the business was starting to pick up. I'd started to be known before lockdown and then I was lucky my customers came back to me after. Um, but everything was new. It was like the first, I'd, I'd missed Easter I'd miss Christmas. Um, we came into summer, but we weren't getting the tourism around Stratford. So it was quite hard building it all back up. Um, and then a shop opposite me became empty. So I'd got my two units and a unit opposite. So I'd like expanded into the three. Um, it was a bit difficult, though, trying to watch all three units. when If you're serving somebody in, in the main shop trying to to watch what's going on in the in the other one um so i started looking event originally with a colleague who was down there started looking for a shop a bigger shop in stratford um and the one that we're in now and um, this was my third attempt at getting it so the first time um somebody beat me to it um and they didn't weather lockdown. I think they started working from home. That was an estate agent. Um, and then the second time, a sign had gone up and I applied for it and I was told it had gone. And then the third time, um, wasn't that long after the second time, and I was told that they couldn't get the deposit. So so we got we got shot. So we're now on 18 Mother Street. Um, and... The shop is massive compared to <laughs> to the units that we had down in Ely Street. Um, but I'm so grateful for Ely Street because it really set me up. I don't think I could have gone straight into Rother Street um, knowing what I know, n- not knowing what I know now. Yeah. Would um, you get, been... um, by being next to the antiques shop, would you get people who are sort of been in there, you know, not in their antiques, but they were that same sort of, maybe same type of customer? Did it work like that, that one would lead to no. the other? or No, it was, it was quite different. Um, I have a lot of children come in, um, especially for the Lego. Um, I would get people come go walk around the antique centre and then come out and, and come in to me. But I had a lot of my own customers. They'd just come in um, and buy buy from me, which was was good. So it, but you just sort of build as you go. Um, so with 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 Rother Street, it's it's good as well because we've got the office out the back. So my husband comes in with me on a Saturday. He still works full time, um, and he's, for want of a better word, the Lego checker. So, so we sell a lot of used Lego, um, 
And so every Lego set that we sell that's used is checked. doesn't matter how big the set is. So we'll sit here and, and we'll check it all together or he'll sit there on Saturday and check it all. And the bits that we haven't got, we research and we, we buy and we make the sets complete. Um, we believe that, you know, you see a lot of like the Lego sets where figures have been taken out. Um, we don't do that. You know, we, we sell them complete. Um, so does checking just involve him building building the set, effectively? No. A lot of the time, the sets are built. So he's got the built product and then he has to dismantle it all. Right. And, and then he'll use the, there's like um, a, uh, what they call it, um, thing at the back so he can check all the pieces. For a big set, I like them to be bagged into bag one, bag two, bag three. So then we both sit on the table and we have the book open and he does one page, I do the other page and we check it and then we bag it, bag one, bag two, so whoever buys it can easily assemble it. And we find that assembled models don't sell as well as, you know, just boxed ones. Right. So we try. So we have a couple in the shop, but not very many. Um, so we still do toy fairs. So we 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 do the NEC um, when that's on. Um, but you have to have different stock. We found than what you have in the shop. So what sells well in the shop doesn't necessarily sound well at a toy fair. So you have to have different types of stock for that. Um, we still do Lego shows, and there's I don't know if you know there's an event coming up. Um, a local school that we've been asked to to sell out, so we're going to support that. Um, and I like to think now that we're part of the local community, um, and if we can raise awareness for charity and that sort of thing, then then that's really good. So, so do you get yeah. so you get people bringing them, just sort of gifting them to you, do you effectively, and then you check it and sell it on, or you? No, I thought you really, as far as the charity thing and, and the community, people were recycling no. that toys. No. Yeah. No, I mean, our ethos is recycling. Um, you know, the toys are recycled. Um, packaging is recycled if, because we post out. So if we can, we'll, we'll recycle packaging. Um, but no, any, anything that's in the shop, we have to buy. And so nobody ever gifts us. No. Um, you know, so now we in it, and it's hard sometimes knowing what to buy for the shop and saying no to people. Um, but no, it's uh, if we can support charities like with the Lego, um, it's like with a local school event, that's for a charity event. If we go to some of the other Lego shows, they're usually for charity events. Um, so it's, it's so it's that sort of thing. And so, did you know, like from the start, cause the way you sort of cataloging your poly pockets did you know it was going to be um like it's going to make you money or were you just doing it as like you just really liked poly pockets yeah. well it, you laugh <laughs> i really <laughs> like poly pockets <laughs> i just love how small they are i love small toys um and in the first unit it was good because small toys were the ones that i could get in there i couldn't put anything big in there <laughs> <laughs> so it, it just worked really well but I just love the simplicity of them um, and my kids my girls used to play with them but I never really looked at them mm. but yeah I never thought of them as making me money it was something that I could step away from a stressful job 
um, and just immerse myself in. So I'd sit there on my laptop with this, and it was a really big um, Excel spreadsheet, <laughs> you know, listing that anything that was missing, listing what dolls were missing and all this sort of thing. I haven't got that now. Um, now I just bring them all in and go through them. And I still sell Polly Pockets and they're still one of my favourite things to sell. Mm. Uh, it's just sort of grown a lot now. <laughs> yeah. And so in terms of your customers um, and finding them, is that, has it been the physical shop that's just put your name out there and made people aware of you or are there other things that you've done to, to yeah, to get customers? Obviously you've got the Facebook and things like that, but... No, I think it's the physical shop, really. Um, the Facebook shop followed on from the physical shop. So when we first opened, um, it was advertising. So getting myself known out on Facebook, um, we had like bollard covers made um, and put, put her up and down the street. Um, and it was really just, it was difficult to start off with. It was just getting people in. Um, I don't know if you've seen, we have a big stormtrooper outside the shop. Um, and when the kids see that, they come running down to it. So he's really good for, for bringing people in and advertising. Um, and then we had Rosie and Jim. We've got like two big Rosie and Jim. Um, and of course, they came from Stratford. So I put those outside the shop. Um, and they used to bring people in. Unfortunately, we've still got a Rosie and Jim, but we can't put them outside the shop now. So it's it's a different type of advertising now. But I've got a really strong customer base. I've got a lot of loyal customers that come to me regularly. Um, they let me know. I look out for things for them. So they tell me if they're looking for something specific. Um, so I try and find that for them. Um, we have what I call um, New Stock Tuesday. So on a Tuesday, so I don't open Mondays, um, any new stock that I've bought over the week, I take in on a Tuesday photograph it upload it onto facebook and instagram um and that works really well i'll sell a lot of things before they even go into the shop right. so people message me um and ask me to put them on side post out or whatever and that works really well so where we are now um a lot of people see us now they pull alongside the traffic lights look into the shop park up and come in um so tourism now is coming back into Stratford as well, so that's that's good. Yeah, and in terms of that customer, is is it? I sort of imagined it being slightly older people collecting it, but you're saying it's actually quite a lot of kids, or is it a mixture of both? Mixture of both. Um, I think the oldest customer that I have is about eighty-seven. Um, regularly comes in for like diecast. Have a lot of. Men, <laughs> more than women, come in for Star Wars. Uh, sell a lot of Star Wars. Um, Lego is both men and female, and also a lot of children. You get a lot of children collectors, and some of them are so knowledgeable, they put me to shame. They like come in and start asking questions, and they know the year when a set's come out, and they know what figure goes with what set, because we sell all the figures and everything. And, and you can really, you can really feel their enthusiasm. Um, and one of the things that we always say is um, memories come alive with vintage toys and bricks, and it's so true. You know, people come in and they go, "Wow, I had that when I was a kid." And we've had people actually come in and cry because they've like seen something 
that's just taken them back. It's a bit like music. You know, they come in and they see something and they've just gone back to their childhood when they had this toy or they opened it at Christmas. or And then it's like, whatever happened to that? And I say to them, oh, you can always buy it now, you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we have a it's, – it's a very mixed – yeah, it's a very mixed clientele, really, customer base. Oh. And is it um, just you and your husband, or do you have others at work um, within the business? Or No, it's just me and my husband. I I do Tuesday through to the Saturday, well, through to Saturday. Um, and Steve comes in on a Saturday afternoon, um, sits in the back with his Lego. Um, we've had people actually waiting for him to complete sets. So we've had a queue. <laughs> So he's out there, like, sorting out the Lego, mainly the Star Wars, and there's been two or three people standing, waiting for him to finish so that they can buy the sets. Um, but the trouble is, if you start him talking about it, he'll never finish because he just gets so passionate <laughs> about what he's doing, and he loves Star Wars anyway. So, uh, yeah, he gets um, gets chatting, and that's it then. <laughs> but, but, no, he loves it. He's, he's really got into the Lego. It wasn't something, really, that he intended to do. But he finds it quite uh, therapeutic, I think. Yeah. And is there, like, much competition around for this type of thing? I'm trying to think of other places, and like, I can't really. There isn't anywhere in Stratford. No. Uh, there isn't even a toy shop in Stratford. No. Um, <laughs> there is another shop similar to mine in Warwick. Um, oh. And I believe he's got his got two shops down there um he's got a train shop as well and in Alcester there's a train shop and I think he sells die cast but neither of those sell girl stuff so as far as I know I'm the only one and that was something that I really noticed because I've, I've always liked vintage toys and like going into shops but a lot of them are so geared towards you know like boys toys there's nothing really for the girls um so the Polly Pockets, the Sylvanians, the Barbies, the Cindys and everything else in between, it really is a mixture, you know, for everybody and for all ages. So it just, it works really well. Cool. And what's sort of been the biggest challenge you faced? Obviously COVID was probably a, a pretty big, big challenge, but otherwise what's sort of challenging you in the business? Um. Getting known, when we were down Ely Street, it was really hard because we were tucked away. Um, it was It's building the business up because obviously you've got outgoings um, and trying to turn the stock over to meet the outgoings. That, to start off with, that was really difficult. When you have like zero days and you're not selling anything and that, you know, wasn't on a regular basis perhaps one, maybe two days a week that was happening. Um, and you just look at everything that you've got and people might have been coming in and having a look and walking out. They think, have I got the right stock? You know, is it priced right? Everything that comes in, I have to research. Um, one, because I don't know everything. I don't like with Star Wars, all the names and everything. But then you have to have a look at how much items are selling for. So you're always doing price checks and obviously then you have to put your margin on. And it's a real challenge to buy things cheap, <laughs> you know, good items that you can sell on and you can put your mark upon because obviously you've got to meet your costs and everything. And start off with that, that was really hard and getting people in and knowing. And Saturdays then started to build up and, and that was good. Um, 
and it's just it was just building it up but even now i still get i don't like get zero days but i still get days when you might look at something and you think oh i've got the right stocking you know mm-hmm. am i the right people and that's that's for me is the hardest the hardest part and but you've noted the sort of uptick in that since you moved to rother street yeah like, definitely fewer of those types of days yeah um and i think now we've got different stock in as well I, I, I just started putting in comics before we left um so now we've got hundreds of, of different comics and that sort of thing in there so that brings in different people as well um but it's yeah and and we've got more visibility now with the market and and where we are i would have liked to have been down by the river but i couldn't afford to be down there so i'm at the other end um but but then if I'd have gone down by the river and we'd have sold a lot every day, I wouldn't have been able to keep up with it. You have to be able to keep up with the turnover, don't you? And, you know, getting the stock in and the right stock. Um, so well, there's, quite, there's quite a few empty units now, isn't there, on near on the high street and things like that. Yeah. It's because the, the rents are just crazy on those, those types of places, aren't they? So. Yeah. Um, yeah, you have to sell a lot of. Yeah, lot a lot of. Well, build your own minifigure at two pound fifty. You have to sell a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, where I am, it, it works out well. So and and yes, there's overheads and everything else, but we're we're clearing it and you know we're getting in a good clientele and and we're getting in now a lot of Americans and they're buying and sending overseas and that sort of thing. So yeah, it's good. Cool. And what sort of what you most proud of, or what do you enjoy the most about uh, doing what you do? Proud of um, the whole business. I, I walk in in the morning, and I open the door and I walk in and I look at it. I think this is mine. You know, I've built this up, um, and I say it's mine. It's ours, but it is mine. It's my baby. It's my passion. Um, and I'm very proud of that. And when people come in and they go, or, oh, my God, I had that. And, they, you know, it's just the passion that they feel. And that's what I go to work for. That's why I do it. Even if I don't buy anything, it's just made them, you know, remember something that they had as a child. And it's just it's just a brilliant feeling. I just love it. And where do you see what's the plans? Um, it was only... Not long ago, moved into the new new location. Is there? Have you got bigger plans than that, or no? Um, no. Um, this is big enough. It's it's a nice shop to stock. Um, I keep saying, oh, we'll have another shop somewhere, and my husband says, no, we won't. <laughs> no, it's it'd be too much hassle. This is this is good. It's nice for the two of us. I can go in. You know, on my days, I'm going to open extra days, open Sundays in the summer and perhaps do a few longer hours um, and then cut it back down in the winter. But I see this is my retirement. Um, I don't want to go back to the nine to five. Um, I don't want to go back to the stress. Um, I like sitting there dressing dolls, um, taking photographs, Um I even like doing all my books, you know, you've got to get all your books and everything done. I even, because that sort of takes you back to using the spreadsheets and things that you used to do at work. And 
No, it's just I just love it. I just love everything about it. But no, there's no plans to to get any bigger. Yeah, I suppose if you open another location, then you're probably in the realm of like starting to hire people, and that just you know, like you say, if you're not willing to do that, then yeah, no reason, yeah. no reason to give yourself that extra hassle. Um, yeah, yeah, and it would be because I'd be like, I know me, I'd be thinking, well, you know what's selling today what isn't selling today you know are you charging the right thing and no no it just wouldn't work and so no i'm quite happy where i am cool. um so yeah sort of coming towards the end um and yeah, one question i uh ask all my interviewees is um what's their favorite local business um so yeah what's your what's your favorite local business um down in Ely Street, next to the Antique Centre, and there's a little shop there called Any Which Way, um, and we work together. The lady who runs it is called Deb, um, and she is a white witch. So she sells all the crystals and she sells all the potions. She makes her own spells and she does tarot readings, and she is spot on. So in, in the morning, I used to go in and well, perhaps once a week, I'd say to her, right, pull me three cards. So she would, she'd pull out these three cards and she'd let me know what was going to happen over the next week or so. And it always came right. Um, and she's the one person that I really miss from moving from, you know, down Ely Street to where I am now. We still meet up once a week. But her shop is amazing. The things that she's got in there and the talent that she has, um, you know, for like the tarot reading. And also if you can, if you give her a bit of jewellery, she can like read it and she can tell where it's come from and the history of it and all this sort of thing. So, yeah, that would be my recommendation. Cool. Check it out. Um, and where can, yeah, where can people find you? Well, rather street. Um, what's the best way for them to get in get in touch with you if they want to um, find out more? Um, I'm on Facebook. So if you search for Vintage Toys and Bricks on Facebook, um, that gives you my phone number, my email. Um, so you can message me, you can WhatsApp me, you can email me, um, or just pop into the shop, 18 Rother Street. And um, yeah, finally, what, uh, shout out the the event you're doing, the school. Where's where's that? When is that? What do people need to do to to come along and and, and see that? It's King Edward School on okay. the 9th of July, I believe, week Sunday. Um, it's an afternoon event. The kids are all making the mocks, so they're doing their own builds. Um, so they're doing their own designs, their own builds. So anything and everything they're taking, taking it all in. Some of them are absolutely huge that they're building. Um, they've got a Taj Mahal there. I don't know if you know, 6,000 pieces, this this Taj Mahal. Um, and members of the public and um, staff and kids will be building this Taj Mahal. And I've got three hours to build it. And I said, good luck. <laughs> um, and then they're going to raffle that off at the end. It's like a £325 um, build, um, Lego Lego set. And they're going to raffle that off at the end. Um, and we're there selling as well. So it, hopefully it'll be a really good event. The kids are really excited about it. Um, Steve, the teacher that I've been talking to, I mean, he's, he's so passionate and excited about it. It's just brilliant. Cool. And hopefully, yeah, gives you lots of customers on the day and future customers as well. So, yeah, yeah. and 
you can get in on the day. It's three pounds on the door. Cool. Perfect. Great. Well, thank you very much for coming on. Um, it's been really interesting to hear yeah, your journey and um, listen to you talk about your passions. Great. Um, so thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, please email me at chris at chrishazelmortgages.co.uk. Speak to you next time.